Welcome to Mr. Reticle Presents the C Word, a deep dive into the IBLP and WWYD. I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And in this side quest, we'll be discussing why the Institute of Basic Life Principles is a cult. What does a charismatic leader, deception, homeschooling, and purity culture have in common? Brainwashing, abuse, and scandal. Oh my. Bring your snorkel, swim trunks, and sexy rash guard and jump in with us every other Wednesday. And then bam, music. But I, oh. I was trying to beat you. I was trying to beat you coming back so you didn't have to hear it. That's okay. Oh, that's funny. All right. Sorry. Good to go. Um. That's that's fine. Oh well. Hi. Hi. Oh, you know what? I should grab that paper that talks about our points we oh. had last time. There's only like four. Hang on, just a second. Housekeeping? I have nothing. I don't know. I mean, I definitely have real housekeeping. I should be. I mean, yeah. For I'm, for all that are listening, I had COVID last week, so yeah. um, nothing, absolutely nothing, got done. So good times. I broke three dishes yesterday, so I can't believe you broke all three back to back like that. Okay, like, so like, the first the two, I didn't touch them. They just slid off. They were like dirty, and they were piled on top of dirty plates. And then the the baking dish fell, like slid off and the one on top of it obviously shattered. And I got some shrapnel damage in my ankle and there was glass Battle everywhere. Wounds. And then I immediately, after everything was cleaned and I started cooking, I immediately dropped a mug. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't a mug you were very emotionally attached to. No, it was literally to. just like a white Franz's first words. He was like, is it the llama mug? And I was like, no, it was just one of those white, like boring <laughs> Cause this is the llama mug. We use it every day, but like, it's one of those little white cafe, like you get at a diner yeah. that don't hold enough of anything. So I never right. use them. Well, that's probably the one you want to break. I know Eric is yeah. very emotionally attached to certain mugs in our house too. So like if I dropped one, he'd probably do the same thing. He'd be like, oh, was that my elephant mug? Aww. Or like, was that my bird law from like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia mug. I'm like, no, it's fine. Mugs are always, <laughs> mugs are very specific. It's a very specific comfort item to have like your favorite mug. Yes. And I feel like everyone has a favorite mug. Yep whether you want to or not you might not admit it to yourself but we all have one <laughs> I would agree with that I can give an update on my cat since last everyone heard he was in a cone and miserable his cone is gone the cone of shame is over um he's great his ears a little permanently like flopped but <laughs> just call him like be like he's a new breed he's a lop-eared now ha- half lop-eared <laughs> like a rabbit I kind of all I picture is a Scottish fold but theirs are like super like cinched where his is just a tiny the tip of it is just like and it like flops when it shakes his head it's like at half mass all the time yeah. but he's good other than that free that's all that's I got good. you got anything nope you had COVID so that was your life uh, yeah I had COVID that was my big thing um I am turning into a little baby because I never get sick anyways. Like, and with everybody wearing masks, I haven't been sick in like yeah. probably three or four years. Actually, I lied. 
I, I determined last week, the last time I was sick, Lynn got me sick. Like that was the last time. <laughs> like that was 20... like five years 19? ago. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a long time ago. Cause yeah, you, you hit up me, Perry. So that was the last time I was sick. So I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, my, my nose is congested. I have a sore throat. I'm nauseous. I have intestinal issues. I'm like, are, are all these things supposed to happen at the same time? I don't think they're supposed to happen at the same time. I'm like, no, I think I'm just being a little baby about it. So yeah. So, um, for our bite model things, yes. like I said, we're, we're keeping, we're going to keep finding less and less just because we hit some of the big ones early on, but big ones that stood out last time, the modesty culture thing is regulate individuals, physical reality under behavior control. A lot of this is going to be behavior control, yep. obviously for different reasons. Uh, there was one other one in here somewhere. Okay. Thoughts and feelings and activities of self and others reported to superiors. So there's a big tattletale system, especially at the training centers yep. with this. So if you're wearing something inappropriate, yeah. I mean, even if you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go change really quick. It will out you before you get back. Yep. Like it's um, bad as well as just your family members or your mom could shame you too very easily. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, I guess you could also hit instill a new map of reality. Like I feel like yeah. this whole thing is just their own map of reality for different things. Yeah. And then another one instill fear of others disapproval is going to be a big one for emotional control that as is well huge in the iblp i feel like everything is about how you appear to others right for them being so like beauties on the inside they are so incredibly superficial yeah like they are very and even the men it's all like there's all those articles on their website that's like um what is the importance of keeping a good name or like it's all about like your reputation and your family's reputation and stuff. It's really interesting. Right. And so like, even though the men might be at the top of the authority situation, the people below them reflect on them. So of course they're going to be on top of them as well. Right. Uh, Next one. I'm going to add ritualistic and sometimes public confessions of sins. This happens in the ATI training centers a lot um, with, with clothing specifically. So, I mean, there has been people locked up in rooms for, a couple days, four days sometimes with limited light and you get dropped off the blandest of food. And sometimes they don't even know what they did and it's, they can be around clothing as well. So I do know the, the lead child for the army of minions that are the Voldemort, the Voldemort army. Yes. Um, (laughs) against Harry Potter. Uh, he, he had to announce like when everything came in the public in like 2015 he had to stand up in church and like say what he did and what he did wrong so even though he wasn't reported to like the police or anything he did have to like publicly ask for forgiveness from the church not his sisters but from the church yeah yeah and that's that's the real problem there like I have no problem with some accountability I I mean obviously your leaders need to be held accountable and like if they have dirty laundry it should be aired out but when you're using it this way it is definitely strictly to shame you right like it's not productive in any way right um so I'm going to add on deception distort information to make it more acceptable they're making it more acceptable to shame women because it fits their agenda fundamentalist prerogative Yeah. yeah so Yep. Add that one on there as well. Um, unethical use of confession. 
Ta-da! That one right there, especially mm -hmm. with clothing as well. Uh, information about sins used to disrupt and or dissolve identity boundaries, withholding forgiveness or absolution. So like you won't be forgiven until you publicly shame yourself or mm. try to repent in some way. Um, I would say that would fit the bill too. And that's pretty much all I have on those ones. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, I guess you could also add and still fear of the outside world. Yes. Or leaving or being shunned by the group. Definitely shunned by the group. That's like sure. every, that's definitely like every cult. Yeah. That I can think of. Like they all, because that's how they get you to stay. They make you fear leaving. Yeah. Well, let's talk about goblins. <laughs> goblins. Yes. The goblins. That means children. What about them? In case you're curious. <laughs> goblins, gremlins, leeches, whatever. Rats. I don't know if they carried disease they could be rats uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about what quiverful is because well here let me so the new what does that one stand for niv version new international version of the bible it's all based off of psalm 127 not all the verses children are a heritage from the lord offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Your face froze and like a great, you were just like, <laughs> do you have thoughts on that already? Feel free to, feel free to speak. I'm <laughs> uh, I do have because heard about this recently, which I didn't take into consideration with that particular Bible verse, but somebody from ATI was talking about the quiverful thing that I listened to the other day, and they pointed out that that scripture verse is where was it found? What book? Psalm one twenty seven. Psalm. Okay. So I mean, that's that's pretty far back in history. When you know, they're kind of like the whole like go forth and multiply thing. Yeah. They're literally dealing with tribes battling each other. So, like, of course you would want more people in yours. Yeah, that makes so sense, under your you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're literally, like, those are going to be your people in the army one day going up against the other tribes. Right. So I just thought it was relevant. That's yeah. A good point. It's true. Um, so what the Quiverful Movement is, because I just dove into the Bible and didn't explain anything, which is what I feel like IBLP <laughs> does. Um Yes. The Quiverful movement really began during the late 19th and early 20th century, centuries. Two of the main books that began the modern Quiverful movement was Above Rubies by Nancy Campbell, which was about stay-at-home mothers who have as many kids as possible, which was published in 1977. And then later, The Way Home, Beyond Feminism, Back to Reality by Mary Pride, which was published in 1985. So she started as a feminist and then regressed, basically. Interesting. So in her book, she claims, this is all according to Wikipedia, Pride wrote that such a lifestyle, stay-at-home mom, submissive to husbands, child bearers, um, was generally biblically required of all married Christian women, but feminism had duped most Christian women without their awareness, especially in their acceptance of birth control. Um, I'm just going to say, I don't think women in general are very easily duped. No. <laughs> Maybe they just weren't interested. We're quite intelligent. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Conservapedia, because I'm nosy, 
um, <laughs> has a much smaller page than Wikipedia does. Because I wanted to see what they said about it. Like, how do they sell it or whatever? I don't know. Um, yeah. They quote the same verses from Psalms. They claim that most members of this movement also typically partake in homeschooling, authority of fathers, rejecting anti-Christian culture in movies, usually lack of or controlled use of TV and internet and modest clothing. They also note that the Voldemort family is a notable example of the Quiverful movement, which is funny because they have outwardly denied partaking in the movement. And if you go on Quiverful.com's like website, they're counting on or like Duggar whatever is in the top corner, like ad of like every single page. <laughs> so you deny it, mm-hmm. but you're like the poster family. Yeah, you're the poster child. Movement. Yeah. So back to Wikipedia really quick. The main belief in this movement is that Christians should maintain a strongly welcoming attitude toward the possibility of bearing children. With minor exceptions, adherents reject birth control use as completely incompatible with this belief. An article from quiverful.com. I just, I read it and I had to quote parts of it and it's going to be really gross and I'm sorry. Um, I'm just really upset that there's even a .com to that. Like, no, thank you. Oh, well, it's going to get weirder. Um, So an article from quiverful.com called When Your Quiver Overflows by Stacey McDonald. So it's basically about like birth control, you know, when you feel like you have too many kids and you're overwhelmed and you're like, can't have any more, but God wants you to. Anyway, so (laughs) she claims that she and her husband used, okay, so she called it early withdrawal and I hate it. I hate everything about it. it. We all know what she means, but I hate it. Uh I hate it. (laughs) Also not effective, by the way. It's like 19 effective as birth control yeah but not it's, it's not Chris. enough to be relevant yes no no um because so their like beliefs are because i or this is what she said because iud's or the pill can cause spontaneous abortion scientifically that is false 100 <laughs> percent. it's important that we state that so they work to prevent fertilization we're gonna get super technical for a second mm-hmm. if you're listening because because people have subpar sex education so i'm gonna share um yep they prevent fertilization either by acting as a spermicide or hormonal iud's cause the cervical fluid to thicken which if you know literally anything about women's reproductive systems that is like an unviable place for sperm to live um right uninhabitable again, this is murica so not a lot of people know that like IUDs, the pill stops the pregnancy from ever beginning. So you can't have an abortion if the pregnancy never happens. Um, right. I kind I kind of think about it when when people make argument. Yeah. Because I'm okay. So like I went to a huge Christian university where like they did cover like if you took a health class, they did cover how how that body works. Mm-hmm. And like I wonder how many people are just hearing this for the first time. Very interesting. So we talked about all of it. Um, and the health teacher is like, yeah, like if you take birth control, there's nothing like that egg doesn't get implanted to your right. uterine wall. Like nope, it, nothing, nothing happens. happens. It's, it's the equivalent of setting your car on fire. And then even if somebody comes along, you're like, Hey, you want to get in? And they're like, no, 
Yeah. No, I don't. So like you yeah. can't evict somebody out of a car that never got in in the first yes, place. It's exactly. That's how science works, people. That's exactly what it is. So like pills yeah. either stop ovulation so there is no egg released or it stops fertilization right. so the sperm doesn't ever reach it or it stops mm-hmm. implantation so the egg cannot literally stick to the lining of the uterus. So right. that belief is literally scientifically not valid. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Now, Quiverful is also against pulling out cycle tracking or whatever its real name is and they're not even for abstinence for married couples obviously they are for younger um Mm -hmm. it's really a do what you do and whatever happens happens type of situation (laughs) on the other end of the spectrum they're against infertility treatments because someone's inability to have children is something that is god's choice and should be accepted where you simply pray for it and god and hopefully god will like intervene so, so like if you're infertile of, oh well yeah <laughs> like you know what that's your punishment you can't have kids yep that's that's a prime example of at one point i said christians are really good about making praying and waiting an idol yeah that's prime example you know what if you did have fertility treatments and that was something that god wanted you to have you could get pregnant with like four of them yep it's very possible just go out and try it yeah it's kind of like the whole law of attraction thing like you attract Mm -hmm. what uh, what energy you put out you get back or whatever but it's also like a lot of people just rest on that like i want a ferrari and then they go to sleep it's like okay you you can manifest it energy wise but you also have to do stuff like you can't just sit there and a ferrari is not going to fall into your driveway like you have to no do something to make that happen and want it at the same time so right I feel like it's, I don't, I don't, you can still help yourself along. I don't know where that theme comes from biblically. Like I know there's definitely circumstances where, you know, people prayed and prayed and prayed. And was it like, um, Sarah getting pregnant when she was like infertile in the Bible and, Oh, guess what? She had a baby. Fantastic. But like, I'm sure they were also trying to have a baby that whole time. You know, they weren't just like, well, we'll try it every once in a while and like really pray about it. Right. So I don't, I don't know where that overarching theme comes yeah, from. Yeah, Christian. No. It's a little interesting to I me. Don't know either. Anyway, like all movements, this doesn't refer to everyone involved, obviously. And some people realize that infertility could be a symptom of underlying health problems that should be addressed. They're also against vasectomies. However, Wikipedia does note that some original authors of like this movement believe that non-potentially abortive methods, dumb, um, are options for people with serious illness. Uh, or inevitable c-sections or disabilities or serious marital disharmony or for couples who are following a higher path by caring for orphans or missionaries in dangerous location some quiverful families also believe in birth spacing through breastfeeding because you can't get pregnant when you're breastfeeding right yes it's very difficult Yeah. yeah it can still happen but it's not common yeah um quiverful adherents maintain that god opens i don't like this opens and closes the womb <laughs> of a woman on a case-by-case basis and that any attempts to regulate fertility are assertion of divine power. Sure. So I have knowledge that they did everything correctly to not get pregnant, uh-huh. like everything on that particular day, and they still got pregnant. That, I will say, was probably some form of divine intervention because they tried really hard not to. Right. But if you're trying to... If you're not trying to do any things, 
and you're like, nope, divine intervention. You're going to have all the babies. Like that's just how you, yeah. how you were designed. That's just how your body works. That makes no sense. Okay. So moving on. Quiverful adherents maintain that God opened, nope, I already said that gross thing. Okay, moving on. The quiver, quiverful article by Stacey McDonald, the one with the withdrawal method. Stop. She stated, I can't handle the ones I have is a poor me attitude that takes your eyes off God. The we can't afford more children, but uh, is not a good argument because God supplies everything that you need. Um, I'm getting too old, but God knows I'm old enough and he's in control of my body. What about my other kids? She legit fucking said, do you know that the more children we have, the less selfish our kids become? That sounds like a selfish reason to have more children though. So what? It also keeps from spoiling the young ones because the older ones will keep you in check. You have no time for selfishness, excessive privacy, or petty fighting. I hate all of it. Yes. <laughs> all moms out there, you two have a right to your own privacy. I yes. promise. That is. Yep. You are still a person. You just happen to have children now. This yep. is all bullcrap. Yep. Horrible. Uh, Wikipedia. I would also like to state that the Quiverful website was updated this year. So it is like it says whatever year it started to 2022. So it has been like mm. re-upped for the year. Um, Wikipedia also states that a lot of quiverful authors believe in the umbrella of protection. Sound familiar? Woof. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wikipedia also states that they are for sterilization reversal. Bill Gothard specifically advocated for reversals. It states that he claimed that sterilized couples have cut off children and they should devote themselves to raising up godly seed. You want me to keep going? You good? <laughs> you you look like you're in pain. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will share my fact later. Okay, keep going. Um, one article on recovering grace titled "Quiverful or Full of It," fantastic, by Ryan R. <laughs> um, who he attended ATI until his junior uh, there. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Um, junior year mm. of high school. They even claimed that at the end of the week they paraded a bunch of mothers and their reversal babies up on stage to a thunderous standing ovation from a multitude of faces streaked with tears of gratefulness. Okay. This is where I'm going to insert my knowledge because somebody touched on this yesterday. Um, Jessica was interviewed on a different podcast and she kind of touched on Quiverful. Uh, she said when you went to like ATI, like the conferences every year, they have huge church choirs with like all of the kids. Like it was very much understood you were going to be part of the choir at some point. And they had specifically reversal choirs full of all these children that are the product of reversals. And Billy was like, see, see how blessed they are. Look at all these kids. They wouldn't be here. Like if it wasn't for me. So. I, yeah. I mean, like get a, get a reversal. If you changed your mind yourself for your own reasons and you're like, no, I actually do want to have another kid all for it live it up it's your body yeah. it's your life do it but just don't don't do it for anyone else I think that's weird no especially like if you're gonna have that many children or if it's under because I mean I'm guessing the people that get reversals they're not just like oh you know what like yeah oh, we should one. have one more or like two more 
no, it's definitely like you're gonna have a whole tribe of them. Yeah. Uh, that whole mom's not being selfish. Like you don't, frankly, have time to be selfish when you're looking at a dozen children. So that's a lot of pressure on the moms. Yeah. Yeah, if you want like ten more children, that's fine. If you are happy with that, yeah, live it kudos. Up. That's I for you. I went to school with somebody that was fourth in line out of twelve children, and her parents were one of those couples that are like, God's going to determine the size of our family. And I asked her, like, how do you feel being one of twelve kids? So her oldest sibling is like thirty-five at the time, thirty-five, okay. and her youngest sibling was nine. Like that's a pretty. Yeah. And so like the ones that were 35 had kids of their own that were yep. six. So now you're raising, uh, you know, like a cousin that's the same, almost the same age as your kid. Like they're almost the same age. It's just weird. It's like, oh, do it's you a, want a big a niece? Or a niece, nephew. yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's weird. So like, do you, do you want a lot of kids? Like, how do you feel being one of 12? And she's like, oh no, I love my little siblings. I love them to death. They're so precious. And she spends a lot of time with them. She's like, no, I don't want any children. Like I do not want any of my own. Then her brother, who's like, I think he's fourth from the bottom. So they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. He was like 19 at the time. And he's like, I want like 10 of them. I'm like, dude, calm yourself man I'm like <laughs> does your girlfriend know that okay. you should tell her <laughs> should probably should probably fill her in on that Ugh. one yeah so it's just interesting how like there are yeah. totally different ends of the spectrum oh, and they're in the same family I think that happens a lot it has to be if you have that many people in your family it's the same as like one of them has to be LGBTQ <laughs> has to <laughs> statistically it makes no sense that someone isn't <laughs> And autistic. I could, or I could not other, imagine. Whatever. Um, so, so like officially, IBLP doesn't state that they are quiverful. Can't find it anywhere. But Wikipedia also claims that William often quoted Psalm 127 to teach that having lots of children is God's best. He also quotes other Bible verses that encourage large families. For instance, Jacob and Jesse. However, the author goes on to criticize but how many wives did those two men have? Because it wasn't mm. one. Mm-hmm. And they also note that Moses' parents only had three children. And Moses is obviously mm-hmm. the epitome of Christianity or Judaism. I don't know. Both. Um, Do you know Moses had a speech impediment? Or was he just 80? Because he was also 80. <laughs> no. No, no he, had a, he had a speech He did, which is why it was such... That big deal for him to be speaking to so many people. Oh, that's cool. What was was like, it like a stutter, or like it could have been? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just remember that being like one of the Bible facts. I mean, there's like a whole bunch. Like Noah was a drunk. Moses had a speech impediment. Just yeah. showing, like all these people are very relatable in their own ways. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting one. That's cool. I've never heard that. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows what it was? But fun fact: a lisp. <laughs> Oh my gosh, can you imagine that? <laughs> Pharaoh, let my people go. <laughs> like, I don't know. Really Maybe it's probably a good thing there wasn't so many S's in that sentence. Yeah. It <laughs> was yeah. a lisp. Um, also, on my last thought on like quiverful, unless obviously you have added thoughts, is uh, like Gothard's opinions on marriage, his opinions on children are interesting because he had none. Um, they also Seriously. state. 
a summary they overheard once that stated, I'd rather have a quiver with a few well-crafted functional arrows than a bunch of shoddy ones incapable of hitting any mark, which I thought was great. That's not a Bill Gothard yeah. quote. That's a Recovering Grace quote that I was just like, that's not yeah. Agreed. You can't, your kids. also agree. If you have 12 kids or 20 kids or even like eight kids, your kids are not getting everything that they need. It's impossible that they are from you, from you as a parent. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. There's no way. He even did the math. He was like the, the guy in this, that wrote this article. He was like, if I had 20 kids and I dedicated 30 minutes to each kid each day to have one-on-one time with them, it would be nine and a half hours of my day. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on quiverful? So IBLP is not quiverful, but they spout quiverful ideology. I think that's really funny that they don't own it, but everyone that's gotten out of IBLP or ACI is like, oh yeah, like everybody was quiverful. It was pushed on everyone. Yep. Like, so... They, they do this a lot with a lot of things like, oh no, we're not like that. And then they go ahead and just do it. Yep. And you, you can find blatant evidence of it everywhere. The Voldemort family is very watchable and very easy to see what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. And yet they're like, no, but like you're used as an example by quiverful.com. Right. I just don't, whatever. Anyway, we're going to move on to how to train your dragon. So, yay. (laughs) Um, Michael and Debbie Pearl are the founders and heads of No Greater Joy Ministries. Through No Greater Joy, they published a book called To Train Up a Child in 1994. Michael has also, they've written a lot of books, but uh, Michael has also written a book, Training Children to Be Strong in Spirit. And Debbie once uh, wrote one called Created to Be His Help Meet. So <laughs> I'll keep this brief. The pearls are not IBLP or so they claim. I looked everywhere for like past speakers at IBLP conferences and can't find them. I even typed in random years in the past just mm. so they would like come up and they didn't. Um, however, their daughter had worked at the International Home for Children in Indianapolis, which is owned and run by the IBLP. And uh, Michael even asked people to donate to them on his website. Mm. The Pearls also attended the basic seminar in the 70s, although they distinctly didn't believe in the umbrella of protection ideology, although women were obviously under men if she's writing, be his help me saying, whatever. Um, Yeah. And they believed, I think I read somewhere that they believed that Adam was created in the image of God and women was, were created in the image of Adam. Yes. Yay. Um, Also- yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm just, and I, I see, I keep seeing that theme everywhere else too. They keep saying man was created in the image of God, women were created in the image of man, and that's one reason why a lot of fundamentalist groups, like even um, Hasidic Jews, like cover their hair because, right. uh, yeah, it's like a whole, it's a whole th- theme. I don't know. But wouldn't long interesting. hair? Be, I feel like long hair is like a societal thing for women to have long hair and men to have short hair. It is. Well, here's the thing. So, like, they cover their hair. However, in the Bible, when they reference hair, co- when they reference head coverings, they talk about that. Like, oh, how beautiful a woman's long hair is to cover her head that she might not be shamed versus a woman that cuts all of her hair off. 
So I'm like, so with the, with the Hasidic Jews, I don't know why after they get married, they cover it. Cause it's like in the Bible, your hair is literally a head covering. So I don't know yeah. why you're covering the covering. It's weird. Yeah. I don't understand it, but I have seen that theme pop up a couple times. So Interesting. yeah, I'm also under the firm belief though, that that whole saying God made man that he had a better idea. I'm not saying either sex is better than the other, no. but I think neurologically we are way better at multitasking. So there might be like a little bit of truth to that. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. But we can't hyper-focus yeah. the way that men can. You can if you have ADHD. It just doesn't last very long. Well, we're not <laughs> diagnosed with ADHD. Anyway, we could go on forever. I'm just going to move on. So okay. um, also, so the IBLP website as of 2014, not anymore, I looked, um, in Australia, was still selling some of the Pearl's books. And like I said, several of their children went through ATI. So they do, even though they're not IBLP, like they are IBLP kind of, um, they have a lot going on. Homophobia, extremely racist. I was watching this video and it was literally about disciplining children. And then all of a sudden he went on this rant about black Muslims and how they're gangs and all this. It like took this weird turn where I was like, wow, okay, hmm. that was out of left field. <laughs> yeah um, and not appropriate not a correct and very none rude of it's right yeah it's extremely racist okay. um and uh yeah and i we could watch the video i don't do you want to see it i have to find it again though i'll just send it to you later it's okay interesting um no greater joy ministries pulls in or at least in the past i don't know how up to date this is 1.5 to 1.7 million dollars a year and like 60% of it is in product sales, which is their books that they write. Mm. So if you, besides the racism part, let's talk about why they're a problem. To train up a child, which was at least in the past popular amongst IBLP. So I don't know if it still is to this day. I think mm -hmm. it is. Um, the Pearls were part surprised. of the start of homeschooling, at least in their state. I don't know if that's like countrywide or whatever. Um, like back in the 70s, they were like, we want to teach our kids at home. And the government was like, we don't know what that means. So it's also very popular in like homeschooling group or at least Christian homeschooling groups, which a lot of homeschooling groups are Christian. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And it was, it, ha it has uh, some issues. So according to an interview with their daughter posted on their own website, a family friend had written to her dad and asked how he raised his children. So he sat down to write a letter back and the letter ended up being over a hundred pages. That's not how you write a letter. <laughs> just say. That is a memoir, That's sir. <laughs> so it truly was a manuscript and they treated it as such. I wonder if that person ever got the letter back. Like, I don't understand. Um, what if it just ended up being so long? It's like, I haven't heard anything. It's like, bam. <laughs> it's like, was that for me? Right. It's so interesting. Um, so they ended up publishing it, and within 10 years, they sold 450,000 copies. Um, this, their daughter claims to be the biggest, their biggest fan, and at least two of their children have claimed that they came to be well-functioning, happy adults and have no memories of their parents seeking, speaking to them in anger. But it's shocking since she sums up the book as enjoy your children and make bad behavior counterproductive and make good behavior rewarding, like you do when you train a puppy. So Pavlov's dog. Yep. Um, the book has been under controversy for advocating for child abuse. It recommends using a rod, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child crap. 
like a 0.25 inch diameter plastic, like a PVC pipe is what he's talking about, um, to spank your children and to use their terms, it's to break their will. They also recommend withholding food and hosing your kids down with cold water from the garden hose. I don't like that. No, you're not going to like any of this. <laughs> okay. So like real quick, as a child, I was all spanked. Like my parents did spank me. It happens. Did it absolutely scar me for life and leave me traumatized? No, but they would have never withheld food no. or dose like cold water. That's like out there with torture in my yes. opinion. One could also argue spanking is as well. Uh, for me, it definitely is not, but I mean, you can't right. withhold food from your kid and then be like, oh, you're shivering. That stinks. Like, oh, let's talk about Gabriel Hernandez really quick, you yeah, know, like or whatever. Bad. Uh, well, uh, okay. So three homeschooled children have died from parents who were following the Pearl's teachings. One child. Do you think they just took it too extreme? Well, or see, do you that, think that was that like. That is a possibility. Oh. It is a possibility. So, um. One was a child adopted from Liberia. They were all adopted children. She was seven oh. when she was held down for nine hours by her adopted mother, Elizabeth Schatz, and beaten dozens of times by her father, Kevin Schatz, which caused massive tissue damage for allegedly mispronouncing a word. Also, she's not American, so no, she might not pronounce the word right. That's ignorant. Her sister, who was 11, was also beaten for lying and being a bad influence to the seven-year-old, and she ended up in the hospital with severe injuries, although she lived and the Liberian girl died. Oh, my God. Another young girl died of hypothermia in 2011. She was adopted from Ethiopia by Carrie and Larry Williams. She was regularly spanked, locked in a closet, and was denied food. She was forced to only wear a towel instead of clothes, to sleep in the barn, or to take showers with the garden hose. The Williams biological children all claim their parents weren't abusive. Carrie was convicted of homicide by abuse and first degree assault of a child. Larry was convicted of first degree manslaughter and the first degree assault of a child. They both were following the teachings of the pearls. Another adopted child, a four-year-old boy, was suffocated by his adoptive mother who had swaddled him so tightly so that he couldn't get out of bed. This was a form of punishment and happened several times a week. His siblings, five of whom were adopted, I don't know how many there were in total, testified that they were regularly beaten with plastic rods and wooden spoons. During the autopsy, it was found that the boy had bruises on his butt and back from being beaten with a PVC pipe. One nine-year-old sibling was beaten so badly he limped. Lynn Paddock was convicted of first-degree murder, and her husband, John Paddock, was found guilty of aiding and abetting. Michael Pearl responded by claiming... He says to use a type, a tube of a certain size, so he is not responsible for parents who pick larger tubing and end up killing their children. He also claimed that what the Williams um, did was not in line with the philosophies of No Greater Joy Ministries or to train up a child. He claims that they took it, a they took the a little fasting as good training to an extreme. It's like... I don't, I don't okay. believe in hitting kids. I do think that you can grow up having been spanked with a hand and be mm -hmm. fine. Yes, I always. think the second you have a tool, it's a problem. Yes. I personally don't. I was never spanked. I will not spank my future children. I don't believe in spanking. I think it is abusive. So I'm glad you have no trauma, but I know people that definitely do from being spanked. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I think in my case too, like, um, 
my parents, if they ever did have to discipline me, cause I was like, I was a brat, like four yeah. and five was rough years for my mom specifically. <laughs> so there was a lot of spankings happen every day. And like, yeah, she would use your hand. And then, you know, she gave me like 20 minutes, like in the bedroom with the door shut and come back and be like, do you know why I did that? And like, would talk, talk right. me through it. But I, I don't know how effective it is because I kids don't think brains are just, I don't think they understand and can pr- properly process that physical pain right. happens because of a behavior yet. Right. So I don't think it's really appropriate. Right. And I think that's probably the reason I would also shy away from it myself. You know, like maybe use it in extreme situations or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you I want to know until you're there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember getting older too. And my mom, I said something to her once and she tried smacking me on the butt, but I was like, I was probably in like middle school at this point. I just whipped around and looked at her. I was like, that didn't even hurt. Like, what are you trying to go? <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I, you have to be careful. I don't want to like out anybody, but I know someone that they were regularly beaten as children. And one of them mm-hmm. would, he would very like out of spite be like that doesn't even hurt exactly and that made them go harder obviously and then later they stopped all together because they were like well it's not helping and it's like did it help any of them though because they were all pretty rebellious so I don't actually think I believe in like talking to your kids and you can still discipline. Obviously, please don't, don't ignore disciplining your kids because undisciplined children are the worst things right. of all time. But like, like there is just teaching them tools to deal with their emotions and why something is bad or something like they're very, just get on their level and talk to them. And then you can put them in timeout or take their TV privileges away or whatever, whatever you want to do. But I don't, I don't think hitting is helpful. Like you said, I think, I think when they're little too, like pain, when you're four or five is supposed to teach you that things are not safe. Right. So if you're inflicting pain on your kid, neurologically, they don't really get it. They might be like, not safe. This parent, not safe for a lot of them, you know, like if you touch a hot stove, ouch, now I have a burn. Obviously it's nobody's fault. You know, things happen, whatever. Or uh, I got right up in the dog's face and and you need that meat that hurt. Right. Yeah. Not safe. So neurologically. I'm like, I just don't, I don't think I would really implement that if I ever had a kid. You don't want to be know. seen I, as not safe. I wouldn't want to be seen as not safe. And also, um, I think growing up to my, my mom's like, your brain works so much faster than your mouth. And you could never un- like explain yeah. to me why you were yelling or whatever. I think you just have to like work on communication skills, Yeah, you know, like I think that probably would have helped a lot in hindsight. I also think of it as like, I wouldn't hit a dog while training it. So why would I hit a kid? Exactly. Like, and granted dogs aren't as neurologically advanced as, as a kid. No. They can't speak English, but it's the same concept. Like right. they just don't understand right. hitting. They do understand food rewards and yes. doing things that are fun. Yes. And you so, ever see yeah. those dogs at like, so my friend had this great thing, um, I forget what kind of dog she was. She had eyebrows. Her name was Harvey. And they would just, he would just put his hands on his hips and she would go in her crate. (laughs) She'd be like, okay. Like she didn't say anything. He would just, (laughs) she'd be gone. So it's like, you can (laughs) teach them, which the crate is not supposed to be a punishment place. It's supposed to be a safe, whatever. We're not going to talk about dog training, but like, 
it is like you can teach them without hitting them that it's possible so if you're not going to hit a dog why would you hit a kid why are you putting the dog on a higher learning pedestal than a child that makes no sense to me another thing too to consider is now that we you know like when iblp started initially and all of this was getting up and running of like physical discipline or whatever we did not know enough psychological about how that affected children it was now i mean it was very popular and now it's like we are seeing these adults that do not have healthy attachment styles and like i'm not saying that because it's trendy i'm saying that because it's an actual psychological thing right that you can look at with like avoidant or whatever and so like when kids are avoidant they don't run to their mom for comfort right and then parents wonder why later they're like i don't have that attachment child get it safe with you right and they they found it playing by themselves rather than going to somebody that was supposed to be covering to them they have all these adults running around with all these psychological <sighs> issues and stuff and like my one of my really good friends here she deals with child behavior in schools like this is all she does and she she sees the manifestations of in their behavior whether they're violent with other kids they're biting kids whatever their attachment styles like they have a hard home life maybe they've been beaten the whole time they're trained not to run to their mom you know yeah so they act out yep right yep anyway (laughs) just to wrap up the pearls soon um the voldemort family who we love (laughs) in the past actively promoted i don't know about now they actively promoted the pearls ministries on their website oh yeah i couldn't find um their books on there anymore but i think they probably still post about it um michelle the mom calls punishments loving correction in a video i watched so i didn't like that in the voldemort's family family's um book they explain using blanket time, which is a practice. I don't know if it's invented by the pearls or just spouted by them. Um, Michelle has said during blanket time for older youngsters, we call it sit down time. The child quietly sits and plays with a single toy for a specified time in one place, either on a blanket spread on the floor in a chair, chair next to me, if it's during homeschool time for the older siblings, or wherever they're asked to sit quietly for a few minutes. According to the pearls teaching, if that child leaves their designated area, you spank them or hit them with a rod. It is also described um, as placing an infant on a blanket and putting a toy just out of reach of the blanket. And if they reach to grab it, you spank them or hit them with a rod. An infant. An infant. Again, that's all they know. Want toy, grab, pain. That's that's like like a cattle prod with cattle. They'll figure it out too. I also just don't like that they use the word train, which is what they're doing. If this is your tactic, you're training them not teaching them they're not animals i mean we're all animals but <laughs> you know what i mean like I just, we are them yeah um so all in all the pearls are not tied to the iblp but yet they are um like i said they're popular in homeschool circles been indirectly tied to three children's death and are advocates for corporal punishment which is hitting children they may not have ill intentions themselves but a parent that's already abusive may take their words to other extremes, like you said, which may be spanking or hitting a child in any, I think it's abuse. Um, don't hit them. Don't train them like dogs. They're not dogs. Teach them tools on how to deal with their emotions and what their emotions mean and why it all matters. They don't know. They're children. They're literally like empty. Teach them. That's yeah, my. they're empty and they're getting filled up too quick and overwhelmed and then you get a meltdown. Right. And you're filling them up with violence. 
that's not the answer. I would also like to note that Michael Pearl stated in 2013 that sales have remained steady in recent years and are only boosted by a tax. Boosted by a tax of what? Like, like if a tax you, on their method? Yeah. If you like are like, it's abused, then like his sales go up. That makes zero sense. To me. I don't understand that. Um, that's why I wrote it down because I was like, you're dumb. So um during the fall of Bill Gothard, which we will get to in a future episode, I we keep having to add episodes. There's so many rabbit holes. It's dense. Um, <laughs> Debbie Pearl wrote an article on their website claiming shock and disbelief and then sadness enveloped me as I realized it was not CNN with all their exaggerations, deceit, mockery, and twisting of facts that brought an end to the work of God used to set oh, such a run on sentence used to set thousands of people free from bitterness. There's that word. It was not the homosexual, the same sentence. It was not the homosexual websites coming together to launch war against an old man accused of things done over 35 years ago, limiting his ability to defend himself. End of sentence. <laughs> no, it was a Christian website that asked believers to speak out if they had been hurt in any way and spew their bitterness so many could share it in the rock throwing. She literally states that she would rather be Gothard, who was doing God's work, than the people rejoicing in his downfall. Obviously, we will get to his downfall. I mean, if you don't know, you can put two and two together and figure it out. Uh, but this is gross. <laughs> yeah, the reason she's so upset that it wasn't CNN with all their exaggerations, it was the other people. It's because this this is, these are the, <laughs> these are the people <laughs> traumatized yeah. the most. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so is child abuse the norm? In Touch Weekly did an article with several testimonials of people who grew up in the IBLP or ATI. Everything was, uh, so this is like just different, pulled from different testimonials of different people. Um, this one I'm just reading because it's kind of funny. <laughs> Amanda talked about it yesterday. Um, <laughs> everything was strict. No TV, no movies, no music that used drums. Dancing is not allowed. Although I would like to quote Ecclesiastes that there is always a time to dance. And that there are a lot of stories about praising God through dance. So that whole belief is bullshit, according to the Bible. Um, he, he stated that rock music is evil because it makes you want to have sex. And according to his testimonial, it will kill your house plants, which is just fantastic. <laughs> I don't Maybe need, that's what I've been doing. I don't need time. to help killing my house plants. They die on their own. Also, rock music does not want me to like go to the horizontal monster mash. It makes me want to like, I want to go to the gym and lift up heavy stuff and drop it. Like that's okay. I like that right. you call it horizontal monster mash. That's great. I think of it <laughs> as the beast with two backs, which is what it's called in Shakespeare's time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> this part's just for fun, but apparently white bread is basically a sin and God wants you to eat whole wheat bread. I will go buy a baguette right now and eat it out of spite on this podcast. <laughs> We're going to change to ASMR. Um, he also claimed that the devil is trying to sneak into your house through Cabbage Patch dolls, trolls, and My Little Pony. What? <laughs> I have heard of the Cabbage Patch dolls I, and the troll thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand where that comes from. Why that I don't know. specifically? I have this fantastic video. I have to find it. There is a place somewhere in the middle of America 
don't know where uh it's a cabbage patch like museum or something and it's this act that they do where a cabbage patch is being born and there's like a tree and it was like it's the most awkward i'll have to put i'll post it on our instagram too it's the most awkward thing like and i watched the whole thing it's like a three minute video and i was like why did what did i just witness like like it was like you expected the baby to like because it was like the like baby cabbage patch baby heads like popped out of this green stuff and then this big tree so you expected the baby head to like pop out of the you know like a thing of cabbage or like pop come out of the hole in the tree or whatever and then instead it was just like all these really awkward labor puns and it was just <laughs> i don't know it's scarring so weird so i will post it if i can find it again because you have to see it uh that sounds like we might need therapy after watching that i probably already do it was already traumatizing <laughs> um one survivor explains that she didn't realize until she was 36 that as a young teen, her parents forcing her to, this is word for word, wash her younger siblings' cloth diapers once a week. She had to wash them in a toilet with no gloves, and she wasn't allowed to flush until she was done. She realized at 36 that that was not normal. Okay, first of all, my, my big problem with that sentence right off the back is once a week? How many diapers is that? That's got to be an insane amount she of diapers, especially with twins, multiple twins. Yeah. With multiple siblings. kids. Yeah. You should be okay. Like my mom used cloth diapers with yeah. me and my brother growing up. Cause it was just cheaper. Like yeah. you could wash them it's up. Better for the reason. Them. Yeah. It's more sustainable. Like, it, you know, we were really poor growing up for a while. So that was a way yeah. to cut corners. I don't think she was like skipping out on doing it daily though. Like, and also no. Do you empty them into the toilet? I don't know how cloth diapers work. My nephew used them and I have no kind of not really. They didn't really work for him, but I would say it's it's most likely, especially like so <laughs> this is gonna sound terrible. Uh but my comparison is um using commodes at the hospital yeah. if patients aren't able to use the toilet for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, you empty the pots out into the toilet and then you rinse them out and dump them back in yeah. and shit. So I would assume it's the same way. Yeah. I think it's like but, you um, have like why are you scrubbing thing. it in there. That's gross. I don't think she scrubbed it in the toilet. Maybe she did have to scrub it in the toilet. I don't know. Like- Without gloves. She wasn't allowed to wear gloves. And why wouldn't she be allowed to flush it for like the smell? Yeah. Also, what did your house smell like? I have so many questions. <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. Same. Um, she also claimed that her mother was a narcissist and due to the umbrella of protection, she felt unsure about her own actions. So later in life, when she had her own daughter, she took her mother's advice and would ignore her baby throughout the night and wouldn't use a pacifier. Again, we have studies on that now. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually better to run to your child when it's crying. Yeah. Granted, you, you can find other ways to soothe it when you're not there. Right. You can't work all the time, but. Um, yeah. The cry it out method yeah. has been proven to not. Yeah. Be it's good. been disproven. Again, I think my mom used that with us too. Um, I'm not very, traumatized, very but I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what was used on me. I have no memory. My first memory was me screaming at my brother at the age of two to get me a bowl of kicks, and he wouldn't do it, so he's a butthead. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I was behind the dog gate. It's a very specific memory. Get a bowl cut. <laughs> Rattle. It's because they were like redoing the floors in the kitchen, so I wasn't allowed in there. I was like stuck with the dogs in the dining room. Anyway, another testimonial um, 
is by a girl who was the oldest of eight children and therefore was in charge of homeschooling them. Turning daughters no. into second moms is something explicitly taught at ATI. The Voldemort family is very big with that. Very big. Another testimonial claims that because women had so few rights, abuse ran rampant. Totally believe that. She claimed to be punished for everything you could imagine. Other children at ATI had their wills broken through physical punishment, isolation, and even food deprivation. Sounds like the pearls to me. Yep. Another testimonial claimed that she was punished almost daily for minor things. She had an encyclopedia thrown at her head. It hit her sternum and left her bruised and breathless. I'm sure it That's hurt very to like, breathe. Yeah. She was grounded yeah. for a year for downloading a Taylor Swift album and writing an angsty diary entry about her mother, which is just Taylor that is the Swift. most teenage epitome right there. I love everything about that. And Taylor you go, girl. Swift is just so like, I don't think of Taylor Swift like, no, my kids can't listen to that. Like, it's Taylor no, Swift. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no. I don't know any kids that don't like Taylor Swift. I, I, I like still Taylor. like Taylor. I like Taylor yeah. Swift. She's pretty dope. Um, yeah. She was also beaten with a rod. Her parents used ATI as an excuse for these punishments. Her parents would say, God told me you need seven spankings, or God told me to take away your computer privileges. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, really? Hmm. <laughs> she was also asked to pay rent to her mother as a teenager. Mm, my friend was as well. She was not part of this. But, I have uh, yes. heard of that, and I... I think if I ever did that to my own kids, I'd be like, you have to pay rent. And then I would put that money that they give me in like a savings account for them so that when they do move out, be like, here you go, <laughs> have some money. Yeah. Fantastic. Teaches them responsibility. And then they also get rewarded at the end for it. Yeah. That's what my friend's family did. Um, but that started at 16. And I mean, it was exactly what you would pay living in somebody's yeah. house. It's quite a bit of money and they're like, well, set it aside, use it for your college education, like whatever. However, I would just like to point out that this did not apply to her older sister at all. And yeah. they were allowed to move back in once they got married and live there rent free. So that's BS. Sorry. Yeah. No, thank you. Not a fan. Uh, your kids don't owe you anything. Just also like, okay. So <laughs> that's your kid. Yeah. That's your responsibility until they're 18. Yep. You are financially responsible for that child yep I don't really know if that's specifically ethical to do that um I have no clue think about if you had adopted a child and you're like 16 time to pay rent it's like yeah you, you that kid didn't ask to be adopted by you yeah that's a lot of pressure to put on them I don't know my my parents always financially helped out their kids if they were able to mine like too. when they could and mine too I mean, not only did it teach me to be, you know, like, I, of course, I don't want to be a burden on anybody. Like, I needed a car. My dad bought me my first car because he's yeah. like, you can't afford it. I'll just buy it. We'll get you a cheap one. Whatever. Uh, he didn't ever maybe pay him back for the first one. Like, okay. Oh. Um, but not only that, but it teaches me, like, they're taking care of me. I want to be more self-sufficient. Yes. And also, like, thank I you. Hate, like, I hate. Thank you. I haven't asked my dad for money in years, but. I hate when I have to. And I know if yeah. I get, even now as a 30 year old, if I got stuck in an emergency situation, he would happily help me, even though he knows I'm always like, I don't want to, I don't want to ask. I hate asking. I hate it. Like I hate, I hate asking. Mm -hmm. So I've made it so I don't have to ask. 
Yep. Exactly. I hate asking for help. Like, yep. Hate it. Especially yep. financially. I won't even let Eric pay for things sometimes. Like I'm married to him. Uh, it's like, no, I got it. <laughs> me and Franz are pretty evenly split with everything. We pretty much split everything. So yeah. That being said, there's times when you just have to do it. Yeah. I think being financially responsible for your children, even as they grow up, it, it does help strengthen your bond a little bit. If you do want to make them pay rent and then they go to college, you're like, here's all your money back. This is, you know, everything yeah. you saved up over the year. Great. Um, I'm just saying that there's better ways to do that. Yeah. Um, this, the one that was asked to pay rent, she was also later diagnosed with PTSD. another testimonial claimed that she was treated like a second mother to her several siblings she would carry babies change their diapers care for them and teach them again your kid should not be teaching your other kids she however doesn't blame her mother because her mother was also a victim of the ati mindset yes that's probably accurate but also going back to the whole like not having children is selfish you're literally having children to help you with your other care for the other children that yes. seems pretty selfish to me yes the the voldemort family they do the buddy system so an older sibling will have a younger sibling to watch over mm-hmm. which like i know in one case with two of the sisters they got very close because of that because they were each other's buddies and they were like extremely close and now they're not anymore because of whatever family drama anyway but it was like, okay, so you have your 12-year-old is in charge of your two-year-old. What do you do, Michelle? Nothing? Got it. Like mediate? I don't know. I don't know. She did not. Just push out more, I guess. Give your other older kids I, more to yeah, do. I'm not, no, don't. I'm not saying the buddy system isn't good. There's probably a time when they're like, running off and want to go play in a park. Yeah, buddy system it up, man. Like, oh, yeah, you got to be yeah. responsible for this younger sibling. That's, that's natural. But to specifically take care of the duties of your home. Oh, no, they literally were like, to get them up in the morning and get them dressed and make sure they brush their teeth and do, like, that was all the older siblings doing. And in the beginning, they had a very small house with one bathroom. So, no thank you. That's when they had 16 kids. I don't know. Or 15 i can't i don't i can't keep track um Too many. she also claimed that ati nope where am i uh yes she also claims that ati mm-hmm. also taught that women should not only obey their husband but also be punished if they disobeyed from physically spanking to hitting to verbal abuse we were truly conditioned to think that if that happened we deserved it and we were just lucky it wasn't worse i'm sorry but if franz <laughs> tried to that's domestic violence like as yes it is domestic violence but even then i'd be like i'm sorry i'm not a toddler go away who are you punch you right in the nuts sir (laughs) god and you know what it could have been worse just consider yourself lucky (laughs) that's literally what they were taught it's so gross okay another testimonial claim that when she first attended an ati seminar They used horrifying cautionary tales of teens who were raped or murdered because they weren't obeying their parents. They were out from under the umbrella, so bad things happened to them. She herself had a 10 p.m. bedtime, monitored phone calls, couldn't drive until she was 25, and couldn't wear red nail polish. Because the devil lives in red nail polish. Whatever. Red is also the color of vitality because it's 
color blood. Just, just saying, it's not all devilly. Bless you. <laughs> that was so cute. Just a little. Because <laughs> I have a feeling, I have a feeling this is going to continue to be a thing. So yeah. So we were a little long-winded on the last episode. Um, there, we're gonna we're gonna split it up for you guys. Unless you're on a really long road trip, then you're you're just gonna have to hit play next. But for the rest of you, it'll be in two episodes. Yep. So uh, you can hit the next episode now, or take a well-deserved break. There you go. And music. <laughs> <laughs>